This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Like being stuck on a broken travelator, it's one step forwards, two step backs for City at the moment. A dominant performance against Forest fails to yield three points for the Blues as we're once again left questioning what went wrong. We'll continue the post-mortem in today's show while starting our look ahead to the midweek Champions League action. Cue the anthem, boo. It's Tuesday the 21st of February. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Full disclaimer, I went completely ad-lib with that introduction towards the end, as you probably told, uh, you could probably tell. Um, Adam, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, Ollie and Ollie did a fantastic job in one day's show. If you haven't already, make sure you stick that one on cue and listen it uh, listen to it after this podcast. Um, straight into it then, moment of the weekend for you. For me. Um, <clears throat> my moment of the weekend, it was a pretty shit weekend of sports in general. Uh, the football was horrible. Teams we didn't want to win won. The team we wanted to win didn't win. Um, my beloved Washington Capitals have fallen out of the playoff spots at the moment. Uh, it's been a horrible, horrible weekend of sports. So I'm going to use this weekend to look ahead and say my moment of the weekend was Saturday was the one-week mark until opening day in MLS, and I'll be back in the north end of Providence Park for opening night for uh, for the Timbers. So that's my moment of the weekend, is something yeah. that's happening next weekend. <laughs> yeah, it sums it, it sums it up. It sums it up. I'll do mine in a sec, but it was a terrible weekend. And on Sunday night, as I'm just winding down, trying to escape the horrors, I end up spilling a full glass of red wine, and I'm like, I am 
done with this weekend. Not even Union mm. Berlin got a win. Uh, Oli, your moment of the weekend? Uh, as much like Adam, nothing to do with the Premier League or Manchester City. Uh, it was England in the cricket, um, yes. Test win in New Zealand, 10 and 11. Ben Stokes, you are my hero. Brendan McCullum, or Baz as we should call him. Yeah, I love you. I love you, Baz. Baz ball keeps on rolling, and it give and it gave me a much needed boost after an awful weekend of results. Yeah, yeah. I remember Adam. Do you remember when we did the um, months ago? Now, in fact, it was it was still this season. But I explained to you about Test cricket and the fact it goes on for five days, and even at the end of five days, you might not be able to get a result. Is that something that you can see being adopted by the Americans? Uh, no. I'm trying to think like. <laughs> What's the longest running sport event we have? Like we're longest running in one sitting. I don't think anything goes overnight. I mean, the 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 most like the closest I can think of is playoff series, right? Which like in the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, if you get to the playoffs, you've got to win a best of seven series each round. So you to win the Stanley Cup, you've got to win sixteen games, but you could mm. potentially play twenty eight to do it. And that's after the regular season. So, yeah, that's that, kind that, of all I can think of as a comparison. We don't have any actual events that go overnight, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Unlucky you. It's great fun. Um, my moment of the weekend was probably Monday morning because it meant the weekend was over because <laughs> it was, like you say, it was total dross, which um, I, suggest, I suppose leads us on to our first talking point. Like I said, Ollie and Ollie did their forest recap. So I'm going to shun you to one side for the moment, Ollie. Adam and I are going to gonna go, sort of give our our quick thoughts on that match. Um, we don't need to go into too much detail because the lads did a fantastic job of that, but sort of 48, 72 hours after it's happened, Adam, are you more or less angry at 1-1 at the City ground? I think I'm less angry. I, I mean, it, it's a complete fluke of a result. Uh, I, I just I can't see that happening again, given the level of performance from City. I mean, that was that was a winning performance, if I've ever seen one, especially in 2023 for this team. Um, so... It's one thing if they struggled to create chances, you know, couldn't build out from the back or, you know, the midfield was getting overrun or the wingers were, you know, marked out of the game or whatever. That's that's all things I'd say, oh, that's a worry that they need to rectify that. But if I were to ask anything of City going forward, it would probably be play the exact same way you played at Forest. Mm-hmm. And it's just they're, they're going to get a result from that. I mean, it's just Holland's not going to miss multiple chances from a yard out again. Foden's not going to you know, mess up multiple breakaways. I don't know what I could say about De Bruyne because it seems to be happening on a more consistent basis, but just felt like a total freak of a result. And I can live with that. Sometimes flukes happen. Uh, Yeah, I know what you mean. I I guess the devil's advocate would suggest that Forrest played poorly or at least set up that way and, and I don't think you know you look at some of the quality in the Premier League this season Fulham I think are in sixth which is mental and obviously there's a game to come against them but Brighton Brentford those sort of mid-table even Aston Villa at times they are not always going to set up like that and and I think you know you're absolutely spot on were fantastic and, and deserve to win maybe not deserve to win because I, I think I, I'm always of the opinion if you don't score goals you don't deserve to win but they certainly made a case that they should have won the match 5-0 or 5-1 or whatever you want to you want to label it as i guess i guess for me the the frustration just came out of and and i suppose you can chime in on this ollie but it every time and if you look at the the list of city's results um every time city have dropped points 
possibly this season, certainly after the World Cup break, you're looking at a completely different reason as to why that's the case. You know, maybe take United out of it because that was just complete and utter incompetence on the officials' part. But you're looking at one week it being the system, the next it being problems in midfield, individual errors against Spurs and then obviously against Forest it, it's it's not been able to finish which isn't a problem that you've had at all this season so in that in that in isolation you you shake your hands and you go fair enough it happens that you get a point frustrating but it's one of them I just feel this season there's so many different parts and, and all the intangibles coming into play I just don't know if City Maybe City do win the league, but I just don't know if it's going to be anything like any sort of title race we've ever had before, where City look in control. City are going to have to find a big, big gear and sort of... No, I think we've passed the winning streak. I put a tweet out saying City's longest winning streak of the Premier League season so far is three matches. I don't think City, have, you know, I won't bet against them being able to, to extend that any further. I, I just feel like there's so many ifs and buts this year. It's gonna. We're gonna need a little bit of luck this year, as opposed to the sort of fantastic football we've seen in previous seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 unlike City to you know be this kind of imperfect machine at times. We're so used to every cog turning the exact right way for us, mm. and the moment one of them fails, then it's immediately fixed and it's back to normal. It's you know, it's Guardiola's trying to spin plates, put out fires. All the analogies you can think of, <laughs> all at once. Um, and I really don't envy him trying to do it, but some of it is mm. his own making. But as I said yesterday, I don't think that result is on him at all. You know, it's on the that's one that's one where it's on the players. Um, mm. You know, if they can't if they can't finish their chances when they were so clear cut, then you know what else can we say to them? Adam, I, I was having a think about this actually, and you know what title race I prefer and I I don't know if it's influenced by going to the match or not and you know I suppose there's so many factors into this but we always hear don't we about how City how how it must be boring being a City supporter winning titles year after year after year and then obviously something like Ilkay Gundogan and Aston Villa on the last day of last season happens and you're like how on earth could anyone ever say this but I don't know if I prefer City being 15 16, 17 points clear at the top of the table because I, I'm of the, you know, as the eternal pessimist, I'm of the opinion that this will not last forever. I understand there will come a time and perhaps that's now where City's dominance starts to sort of yield little influence over the Premier League. I, but I feel like I do prefer those years where City run away with it and the football's fantastic and we're beating teams 4-5-0 as opposed to the sort of the stop-start, um, what's the word, sort of cat-and-mouse-style title race. I don't know what your opinion on that is and which one you find sort of gets you up a little bit more. You know, when you look back on the title races, I wouldn't change the 2018-19. I wouldn't change the Vinny Screamer. I wouldn't change the really nervy, 2-0 uh, at Old Trafford a couple weeks before that, maybe even one game before that, if I remember correctly. Um, I wouldn't change any of that. In the moment, I would have rather have been chewing on broken light bulbs because it was so excruciating um, to, to be living that and having skin in the game. But when I look back at, you know, let's say Pep Guardiola left the club tomorrow. If I were to look back at his tenure, t- let's put it this way, 2017-18 wouldn't be my highlight. It would be eighteen nineteen. It would mm. be last season, and just you know, winning winning the title on the final day on multiple occasions. So, I think with hindsight, those are fantastic. But when you're in the middle of them, they're horrible, horrible, horrible to be a part of. I'm sure I've sent out text messages in you know April of 2019 saying, "God, I wish we were shit again," because I don't want to be living <laughs> this. I'd rather just be in 11th and 
already be thinking about summer plans, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, this season, it's just not going to be a title race that we've experienced as a club before Mm. because every single title race, you think back to 2013, 14, uh, 2011, 12, all of those seasons, we had another team that was playing really well and it forced us to pick up our level. And it wasn't until Liverpool's little blip at the end uh, beating United at home in, in 2012 that um, we kind of knocked those teams off kilter. But those teams were all playing really well. And obviously all the Jurgen Klopp Liverpool sides that they forced us to play the football we did. Mm-hmm. Let, let's make that very clear. Like City don't get to 98 points in 2019 if Liverpool don't get to 97. I just don't, yeah. I think th- it was those things forcing City to raise their level. And this season, I just don't get that feeling. I think it's going to be a case of Arsenal win two or three, and then they drop points. City win three or four, and then they drop points. So I don't think it's going to be this kind of ding-dong, you win, we win, mm-hmm. you win, we win. It's going to be whoever can drop points the least, I think. You didn't even mention the forbidden name of a football club just outside of Manchester who, by all accounts, whether or not they'll they'll be able to top the table, by all accounts, are very much in a title race, three points behind City. But um, Oli, sort of same question. I don't know. I don't know if it's you know, maybe it is me just looking for a comfort blanket. And and you know, I, I absolutely agree. You know, you would never ever ever change the final day wins for for anything. But the the this season, the difference is. Um, obviously City are chasing. And also, going back to previous seasons, City have never missed out on one of those title races. So perhaps in this sort of time, in three or four months at the end of May, if Arsenal do pip City um, to, to the league title, we're looking back and going, you know what, give us those cruise, th- th- those cruise control victories every day of the week. I don't know what you prefer as a sort of a similar-minded person to us to. Yeah, I mean, it's very. I'm very much with Adam that when those kind of close for battles are happening you know 18 19 um even 11 as the kid uh, they're horrible they're vile they're just you mm. just you you can't enjoy it as much you, you enjoy it for the you know half an hour after the game when you've won um but you don't enjoy the 90 minutes i remember what was the burnley one nil in 2019 um oh. sergio Aguero was <laughs> millimeters over the line uh, mm. just a horrible, horrible game to watch. And you finish and it's finished and you're like, right, great. And then next week, Liverpool win, it's back to terif- mm. terrifying. The satisfaction of those wins, of the of the closely fought ones, I think is a little bit higher. But as a season, as a you know, match-going fan or just watching the games, the ones where you're cruising are so much more enjoyable. Mm. Uh, have you read Football Against the Enemy, Adam, book by Simon Cooper? I'm about halfway through it at the moment. It's what yeah. I'm currently reading. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, anyone who's who's read that, or anyone who sort of um, has any knowledge of Eastern European football, specifically in the Soviet uh, years, will know that any club prefixed by the term Dynamo, and obviously there's a few famous ones: Dynamo Kiev, Dynamo Moscow, Dynamo Dresden, were were clubs of the of the Interior Ministry in that's what in whatever country it is, and essentially would be bankrolled by the government and would win most titles. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe maybe we need 
perhaps not the Tory government because we don't want to be that. We don't want to have them. Are you saying that we're not currently bankrolled by a government to win titles? No, I'm saying (laughs) we 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 need we need we need the rest of the league and these issues with the uh, with the referees as it is. Just give them a just give them a pay packet, and then we can go back to all of the uh, the 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 no jeopardy league wins, and and we can all be happy. FC Dynamo Manchester City is what I'm saying needs to happen. That sounds lovely. I mean, we've already got Thanos and the what do they call like the. Forbidden stones or something. I don't know. I, I don't oh, know. God, do <laughs> I, I don't know if superhero shit, but um, yeah, that would that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if any lawyers are listening and are looking to see us, I absolutely don't mean that at all. This is not the view of the podcast or even myself or City Report in general. Um, right, before we get a lawsuit on our hands again, that will do for part one. We'll be back in part two to start looking ahead to Leipzig in midweek. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for our daily Manchester City content. Um, a new feature which will sort of take place as much as we can be asked, basically. But we're going to start trying every single week, at least once, to have an on this day rewind to something that happened on this day. And and our first one, actually, is quite topical. Um, it goes back to 2021, which was that bizarre season Ollie when uh, nobody was in the football stadium but Manchester City as we've spoken about before as we speak about before cruised the Premier League title 21st of February 2021 Manchester City go 10 points clear at the top of the Premier League table with a win against none other than Arsenal um, that'd be nice wouldn't it right now yeah it would be lovely I mean it's it's this season it's very much Arteta's tricky London boys but you know uh, that campaign, I, I, we were just saying before the podcast, I have no memory of that game um, mm. and, until you <laughs> mentioned it. Um, but that season, it was it was it was a great. It was just what we were talking about in part one. You know, those kind of no jeopardy title wins. That was very much one of them by that point. Uh, it was a great season. Um, you know, even though the memories mm. of it are hazy, I still maintain that twenty game win streak was some of the best football Manchester City have ever played in their entire history. Uh, Stones, mm. Diaz, um, you know, Phil Foden was just wreaking havoc every single week. Kevin De Bruyne was on it. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan, you know, missed, that was where Mr. Whippy was born um, <laughs> in, that, in that kind of time period. Um, it was, a, yeah, great, great fun to look back. And I'm sure when I check the highlights, highlights of that game after this, I'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. A Riam, a Riam, a Raheem Sterling um, header for anyone wondering gave City a one 0 win at the Emirates. It, it was weird that season, wasn't it? I don't, you know, it was it was obviously like none other in terms of a full campaign behind closed doors. I just wonder if, like Ollie says, that football perhaps goes under the radar a little bit in terms of the way other City teams have been viewed and idolised because of the sort of the lack of. Not lack of coverage because it was everywhere. Probably too much coverage at that time of football because we were just sort of a match every day, it felt like, given the scheduling. Um, I have zero memories of that season, but I seem to remember it being one of the most enjoyable watching City, like Ollie says. Yeah, my memories of that season are on the key moments, the Champions League run. I remember um, a game at Stamford Bridge that kind of turned the fortune of the whole season. Uh, I think that was the game where Zach Steffen picked up a back pass. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think that was that game, but um, yeah, that that season was a total fever dream because I remember being. You remember that small period in which all of the clubs had the big video boards behind the goals, and oh, the fans would yeah. be on the video boards. Yeah. So uh, me and a couple of friends got you know in for one of the games. I can't. It might have been the Liverpool, the four nil at home. 
yeah. when we when Ber- Bernardo walked away with the cup of tea during the guard of honor <laughs> and um and I remember just leaving at halftime because we I think the the city stream was behind my stream on the TV. So I couldn't actually react in real time on the video board, even though I knew that we had scored and I was just like sitting on my hands kind of shaking, but the stream was like a solid 40 seconds behind or something. So uh, we, we all just left at halftime and <laughs> jumped out of the zoom call or whatever. But that's, that season is just a total fever dream. I have no memory of it. That That's crazy. No way were you one of the, the virtual fans sat in the South stand out. I'm sure I have, a, I'm sure I have a picture of it somewhere. I can, I can, we can get it tweeted out from the, yeah. uh, the, the podcast account. I yeah. Mean, let's get that on socials. Even when it's virtual, it's still the empty had at halftime, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Adam. Con- Thanks for that. Concourse blues. <laughs> Concourse blues, even on the Zoom call. Jesus. Um, right. Okay. Well, speaking of the empty had, there is a game coming up, not for a couple of, of months against this opposition, but it is Champions League. That was the worst segue ever. I apologise. <laughs> but um, City Leipzig, tomorrow we've got uh, an in depth chat looking at Leipzig, City's opponents, and what they might pose. We're going to focus our attentions on City. Um, I guess the the sort of the the nominal question at the moment, Ollie, is how City set up and what you want to see City doing. The last game against Forest will be anything but this match. What it's going to look like because they are be Leipzig. Spoiler: are a very good football team. City going away to a place where they've only ever played once. Obviously, lost that was in um, the it was behind closed doors, but it wasn't in the behind closed doors season. It was last year, um, the final game of the Champions League group stage. First thing first, then what what are you expecting from this match? What do you want to see? How do you want to see City approach it? Do you want a, a blistering four nil win and the tie's done, or do you want to see City maybe be a little bit more conservative because? You know, RB Leipzig are going to go at City. They're not going to have any fear. They haven't all season. Um, I mean, I think we all like the blistering 4-0 win regardless. Mm. But um, um, the the main thing is I want to see City continue with the same kind of intensity. I, we t- we talked, Me and Ollie talked about it a lot yesterday, um, you know, saying how the one big positive was that the intensity and the energy that had been there in the previous games was still there. So I want, I want to see that continue. Um you know, just hopefully they can finish the chances this time. Uh, but it, it's going to be a tough game. You know, you're, you're going to talk about Leipzig in much more detail tomorrow, but they're a very good team. I don't think City can be taking them lightly. It's not a game to rotate as such. You know, I don't think, we, you know, we should be considering, um, you know, a start for, say, Sergio Gomez or something in this game. I think that's, <laughs> you know, going to, you know, if that came out on the team line, it would be a bit of a havoc caused at that one. Um, but I think City need to take it seriously. If they can get the tie done in this game, you know, like like they did last season in the Champions League, you know, they kind of got the ties won in the first game, and then that was what ultimately cost us in that Champions League semi final against Real Madrid. You know, we didn't put the tie away when we should have. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, if City can go out there, get three or four on the board, you know, that's going to be great news coming for us, and it means you know we can take the second leg a little bit easier. And obviously, with Bristol being the midweek afterwards, City can afford to go, you know, play a full, pretty much full strength eleven knowing they're going to rotate in that game in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, you, you spot on. And I guess it's it's always at this point in the season, it's load management. You look across the, the, the city or, you know, beyond the city walls to United and they're playing, I think, on average, a game every three and a half days 
throughout February. City obviously didn't have the League Cup semi-final. They've not had those minutes in the legs. They've not got the League Cup final to come um, with the Champions League, the way it's done, obviously, one game in February, one game in March. So, so it is a little bit, it's less hectic at this time of season as perhaps it has been in previous years, Adam. But what sort of percentage rotation do you want to see if we go from like zero to 100 100 being you know the under 14s are starting is it going to be a case of 10 percent, 20 percent you know do we potentially see calvin phillips i don't know rested for rodri i know ollie uh ollie kirsch brought that up yesterday or is it a case of strongest 11 go and leave a statement on on your opposition get them back to the etihad with a two free goal margin um and just sort of leave no leave no doors opened in this game to sort of come back and haunt you in the in the in the return leg i mean i can tell you now there's no shot calvin phillips is starting in the champions league i mean has he played a full 90 minutes for city yet no. Uh, not a full 90 minutes he have one start and he got hauled off sort of midway through yeah that's not going to happen um i think if we're to see any rotation, it will probably be up front with Grealish, Foden, Alvarez, Mares. <clears throat> I think if we see maybe Grealish and Alvarez in um, you know the league game at the weekend, that maybe for Leipzig we'll see Mares and Alvarez or or some uh, or Mares and Foden. You know, we'll see some sort of rotation there. But one of the two Ollies on yesterday's show pointed out. Um, I think it was actually this Ollie here. Um, <laughs> you, where where do we have to rotate? You know, we have immense quality in our in, in our squad, but the depth in numbers is a total fabrication. It doesn't exist. I was listening to and for my sins, I was listening to Talksport um, last weekend just just after the Arsenal game because I wanted to hear um, a lot of Cockneys screaming, and um, they were basically saying, I think it was. Um, Jamie O'Hara, and who's his uh, co-host on his show? I can't think of his name, but they're basically saying to the Arsenal fans, "Oh, you know, you, we sympathize with you because City have such great squad depth that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't handle it." And I thought to myself, you know, we've got zero left backs. The backup <laughs> right back is eighteen years old. We've got three center backs. That's that's fantastic. Every single midfielder plays every game now. There's no midfield rotation. I mean, Calvin Phillips, sure, but he's a ghost. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really play football. But Bernardo Silva, Ilkay Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne at Rodri play almost every game now. So there isn't really anywhere to rotate. I think we're going to see little bits of rotation, like I said, with Alvarez, Foden, Greenlish, Mares. But where else can you rotate? I mean, I just don't see – it's not 2018 anymore. You're not going to have a full strong 11 in the league and 10 players to spell them on the Wednesday. We just don't have that squad to do that. So there may be rotation, but it's going to be very minimal. Which which is worrying, isn't it? I guess when you, you consider last season, this was the start of that sort of pretty rough injury crisis. Obviously, Ruben Diaz, Kyle Walker, um, trying to think of another couple who were in and out of the team, sort of came back for a couple of games, got injured again. That is that a problem, Ollie, then? Because, you know... We're in this season where we are probably, in terms of games played, looking at like, usually would be in sort of like mid-January, just gone early January, considering the World Cup took a big chunk of that out. Add that World Cup into it, and you're probably going to get a few more muscle injuries down the line with players having played a lot of games. And and when you don't have the rotation in the first part of the season, because the squad is so thin, obviously past the January window with Cancelo leaving, even thinner, I, I, I just wonder where... 
what's going to happen to City and and because I, I I don't want this season to sort of fizzle out into into sort of a, a bit of a damp squid but at the moment and I felt like this after the after the Nottingham Forest result. I just feel as though City at some point are going to have to go hell for leather on one competition. And Adam mentioned it. Calvin Phillips is like a ghost. I, I don't I don't get why he's not playing football. The ASAN did it obviously of ninety three twenty did a fantastic thread on what City's summer recruitment would look like. And so many people were already saying that they want Calvin Phillips sold, which for me is is lunacy because he's played about. I, 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 Pull the pull up the stats in a second, but I think it's four hundred minutes of football, and obviously he's had an injury. He missed the the first part of the season where he'd have been establishing himself. He came back, got unfairly hounded by the manager for being, you know, micro millimeter, micrograms overweight or whatever it was. <laughs> got back into the team, didn't really get a fair crack at it. Got that Southampton game when everyone was woeful and probably hasn't played more than 10, 15 minutes since. I just I'd feel like if City get one injury to a key player goodbye 2022-23 campaign because it will be done and dusted then yeah I mean it feels like that I mean I said when Cancelo left I said the problem with that wasn't getting rid of Cancelo because obviously it was at such a point where it was so bad the problem was not replacing him um, mm. and you know I get this I have that I have the same fear as you you know if, 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 if Rodri goes down or putting Calvin Phillips in he's had no real time to get used to it when's he had time to actually learn the system you know he's a, he had 60 minutes against Chelsea in the League Cup in December uh, mm. he had that Southampton game mm. and he had five minutes off the bench against Arsenal when the game was won you know if he's getting these minutes which are given to Cole Palmer or you know whoever else in previous seasons then when, when when's he going to learn you know and, I, and, I, and I've been very critical of him and you know I definitely think at some point I've definitely been unfair on him um, but frankly the manager doesn't trust him you know, it's quite clear mm. Guardiola doesn't trust him, and whether that's his own fault for not playing him at certain times, or whether you know it's Calvin's fault for you know you know not turning up in ideal fitness, which with Guardiola is always going to you know mark his card. It really has caused us a problem. Um, you know, now with Bernardo being a makeshift left back, centre back, left wing, whatever you, however you want to define Bernardo Silva, if we're playing all four of our midfielders in the game. And the only midfielder on the bench is Calvin Phillips, and then the young lad from Argentina we've just bought in, Maximo Perone, who mm. by not by no intention will ever start a game for Manchester City, at least this season. You know, it, it, I'm I'm worried. I am worried. You know, if, if we ha- if we're still fighting in all three fronts, which has cost us in recent seasons. You know, it's always been we got to the FA Cup semi final weekend, and we've had to rotate the squad massively because of load management elsewhere. And we usually end up losing that game. You know, it could be the same with the Premier League. Arsenal have a pretty deep squad, um, you know, and they've and they've added to it in the January window, and they've added real quality to it, as we've seen. So it is worrying, and the Champions League is full of teams with extraordinary depth. You know, imagine if we come up against Bayern Munich at some point. Yeah, it kind of feels cursed to have touch wood. Um, you know, but that's going to be a real kind of reckoning of a game. You know, if it's Cancelo and Sane we're up against, that's going to be like, oh. This could have been us. Um, yeah, so it, it is concerning. It really is. You've just got to hope we keep drawing, you know, kind of w- much weaker teams in the FA Cup and we can just rotate there. But even then, that's, mm. that's not enough to carry, what, a 21-22 man squad through the season? Yeah, and you say that, City would have favoured the chances against Southampton in the League Cup 
quarter final it was at that point, wasn't it? And the rotation came in and the first half was abysmal and, and suddenly sit you out of that competition. Um I, I'm just looking at this sort of this this running and there's that weekend like you mentioned where you have FA Cup semi final and Champions League quarterfinals either side of it. City are currently scheduled to play Brighton the weekend of the of the FA Cup semi final, which would be moved to probably one of the midweeks either side of the Champions League quarter final. And that's uh Ah, a lot of doom mongering from us, Adam, as usual. But um, it's it is a bit it's a bit like oh dear me, it could this season could be over very quickly, or it could we'll be one of the, the best in the club. Yeah, that exactly that is mental, isn't it? I think we're in for a, a, a bit of a roller coaster, and starting with that game against Leipzig. Yeah, and I I wonder if there is some positives to take from the last couple of games with the just renewed energy in the team. You know, it hasn't yeah. been hell for leather from day one. You know, they've had this basically, what, mid-December to early February kind of malaise that they've been in. And maybe somehow that's left a little bit of juice in their legs for the run-in. And Diaz is coming back into the picture. Um, You know, maybe, maybe Alvarez starts to start some more games going forward. But there is room for this team to, I wouldn't say rotate, but there is room for this team to continue to evolve this season from where it was right after the World Cup. And I think that's one positive that you can take. But like you said, you know, if they hit a little period of injuries, you know, if if some big players like a Gundogan and Diaz, Diaz ends up on the shelf again, then it's going to get really, really nervy. Um, but I think, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago after the Spurs game that I was totally apathetic to this season. And I think I I still kind of am just with everything going on with the off field issues with Cancelo leaving, you know, a couple of days before the deadline. Um, It has felt like a cursed season from Mm. basically the world cup onwards. And the fact that we're still on for the treble not a treble. I'll clarify that for any United fans listening. Not a treble, the treble. Um, that's you know a huge bonus, and I think it's you've got to take some sort of positive from that. That we have continually, continually criticized this team, criticized Guardiola, and kind of you know just thrown our hands up many times this season. But look at what's still on offer, and look at what the team has still been able to produce in these moments. So. Uh, I guess I'm trying to add a little sunshine to the very bleak Tuesday that it's been so far. There's some happy flowers for you all. Um, right, okay, that'll do for today. Like I said, come back tomorrow for uh, a sort of opposition deep dive. I'll be Leipzig in the Champions League. Until next time, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.